Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Stock Club with myself, Jack, and me, Ed. Um, cool. Hope you all had a good week um, looking at the stock market, see what's been happening. We had a bit. We had a bit of a, a short week if we think Wednesday to Wednesday as the bank holiday happened, but um, quite a lot of activity either side of it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's been um, obviously new tax general, which we're going to talk about later. It's been quite a lot of a lot of um, training going on a lot of um a lot, a lot of thoroughfare in the old markets um so it's a couple of good days with a couple of a couple of bad days end of last week as well but overall i think this week's been well up i think yeah um look at the, the last couple of days on the FTSE 100's been been really quite strong um i can't remember a time when i had back-to-back blue days as they're called when everything <laughs> kind of seems to head upwards it's usually been it's been very mixed the last few months I guess given the context it's not surprising but yeah I think after the announcement of the the lockdown easing confirmation and yeah the long weekend there's been a nice little bounce which has been quite welcome I think across the market yeah definitely and the, the um just a bit of the certainty like we were talking about last week just just certainty is what markets want and now there is a bit of certainty everything can start functioning again so it's been very positive I think yeah, I'm I'm hoping that this will now be a bit of a period of stabilisation and then again we'll get a nice little bounce in May and then hopefully for the FTSE 100 and the UK it's, it's sort of an upwards curve. I think given the last few years Brexit and then um, coronavirus we've kind of lagged behind international markets especially the US but I think now once we get this over and done with coronavirus I think there's a platform for the UK to sort of go to push on Um so I think it's quite a good time to invest overall. Yeah, definitely. I think say with the um, the UK sort of lagging behind the US at the moment, the UK is still pretty much undervalued. And um, yeah, definitely. The US, you could say a lot of the US is overvalued, but this has been because it, it was rising a lot. A lot of money went in there, and why why wouldn't you? You know, a lot in the time the US world was heading down, the um, the US was doing well, and obviously some places in the Far East doing well as well. So. Yeah, the money went. Money went and followed it, and so you can't blame that. But I think definitely now the time is to sort start looking at the UK market again as as, as now being substantial growth, um, and hopefully quite steady. So yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. So I think this week we were going to focus on an event that happened uh, over the weekend. Well, actually, it was Tuesday, wasn't it? It's the new tax year. Um, riveting, I know. Not, not that I think either of us celebrated it massively, but it is quite an important date in the sort of investment calendar, um, mainly because sort of ICEs and limits and stuff like that reset, um, you know, from a personal tax perspective, um, because the tax year runs 6th of April to the following 5th of April um, each year. So I think, Ed, you were going to run through the basics and then I'll, given that taxes uh sort of my background um sort of job wise i'll give a bit on the tax implications but yeah yes yeah, so tuesday the 6th was um a day that some of you m- might have been uh, waiting for because it was the day you could start putting in a bit more money if you had maxurized the limit before so if you had hit your twenty thousand pounds uh ISA limit you were restricted to not put any more in without incurring tax obligations uh, up until the, till the fifth, and then come the morning of the sixth, you could put in uh, yeah, another twenty grand up to, uh, which, which you can do up to the end of the next year. But obviously, there's 
this means it's like a, a key date for a lot of investors. So it means a lot of money heads into the market on this day. Um, and as a result, there was some some very good sharp uprises in, in some key stocks. And that that was, uh, it was quite good for our portfolios, I think, Jack, wasn't it? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it just you know if you've got if you've got money to spare, I know a lot of people might not, but if you've got money to spare and you you don't want to be paying you know tax on any earnings or um, not earnings, any sort of profits and growth and dividends and stuff like that, then the twenty thousand pound limit, you know, is is a significant um, a significant limit to sort of reset and then you can go again. Um, you know, I personally. It, I had a bit of room to spare, so it wasn't as if I was at my limit. But I'm hoping that you know it'll be it'll be a limit that I'll reach year on year. That's what I'd like to anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the twenty thousand pounds, you, you don't know what's coming up in the following year, so it's always worth maxing your the ma- putting in as much as you can in each tax year, just because it leaves you f- the maximum for the next year as well. Because you never know what's going to happen. You could come into some money. You know, God forbid, you could have a relative dial, so you could all of a sudden get a windfall. You yeah. could win the lottery. You don't know. Then, but definitely, just getting as much as you can into your tax ISAs is is very, very uh, sound for for long term financial security. Just to be able to to have um, a, a pot of money that is going to give you some earnings through dividends or growth, and that that then is tax free. And moving ahead into where we're, we're definitely going through some times where taxes are going to increase. Um, as they say, there's two certainties in life: death and taxes. <laughs> so anything to avoid taxes is going to help you, and you can't avoid death. Avoid death, but you can avoid taxes somehow. <laughs> and so it's always worth maxing out. Yeah, you make a good point, and I think it's it's also worth noting that that's all the taxes. So it's not just income tax. Um, it does include capital gains that you would pay on, um, you know, dividends and 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 stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's all kind of all taxes um are affected by this as well so when you look at investing and you think about income and dividends and the different sort of types of tax it it covers everything as well which is really important especially when you think back to last week when we sort of said about um you know dividend or compounding and you know growth and income it's it works for both so jack yeah just talk us through what would the taxes be if if for instance we, we didn't um use an isa to trade and we just used a normal trading account um, or, you know, we, we went over our, ta- our ISA limit. What would the taxes, uh, what would we be looking to pay at the end of the year um, for, for what we're, we're making money on? So when you, when you look at your sort of personal earnings, I like to think about it as a bit of a pot. So I'll, t- I'll take it back to the basics of sort of your personal tax. Everyone starts at zero and then when you earn money, irrespective of if it's your job or um, if you sold a sold a, a car or an asset or um, you've got some dividends, any income goes into that pot and you sort of hit bands on the way up. So everyone's got a personal um, allowance um, that's completely tax-free. And if you earn everything in the year, if you earn, let's say, 10 grand, you'd never pay tax. Um, then when you start to breach that, you then start paying sort of 20% tax um, and you move up through these bands. So it's, I think it's 37,500 or 38,500. Um, I should know that off by heart, which is embarrassing. Um, and then it sort of moves up sort of 40% and then you get to 45. Um, and yeah, all your income gets pulled into your pot. 
Um, and over the course of the year, your tax rate um, levels off against your income and you pay a steady rate of tax across the year, you know, based on salary and, and stuff like that. Um, if you suddenly got like, a, you know, a promotion or a windfall uh, or, you know, you sold like a really expensive car or an asset, that just adds on to the earnings that you already had and you'd move on to a higher rate tax band for that proportion. So, um, you know, yeah, it, simplest terms, you've got a pot and you move up it. And so any tax, any sort of profits or money you make on investments, whether it's dividends or whether it's um, sort of uh, a profit from a sale, um, you would you would pay tax based on where you're sat in, in that pot. Um, there are different rates for dividends as, as they are to income. So for income tax, you've got 0, 20, 40, 45 dividends. I think it's 0, 7 um, and then 32.5 and 37.5. Um, and then you've got capital gains as well, which is 10 and 20. And those bands are relative to sort of where you are overall. So if I was earning 200 grand a year and I sold a car, I would pay 20% capital gains because you'd add it onto my, onto my total. It would be different if I was earning 10 grand a year. Um, I, don't think I, I don't think I would pay capital gains on it because there's a limit. So, so yeah, it, it, that's how you have to think about it. It's all kind of relative to where you are overall. Um, and so the tax benefit of that ISA is you have £20,000 that if you make any money within that pot that's in that £20,000 ISA, irrespective of what you earn, you don't pay any tax on it. So if I got a dividend sum of £200, um, I wouldn't pay tax on that dividend if it's contained within that £20,000 ISA. Anything above that, then I would start to pay relative to where I am as a, as a taxpayer in general. Does, so, that, does that kind of paint the right picture? Yeah, well, that, that, that gives the brief overview, definitely. I mean, I, I, as you said, there are a lot of taxes. And, and yeah, for me, as someone who's not involved in it day to day, I've, I've never... I don't have to fill in my own tax return, luckily. Um, it's been something my accountant's always done. So even, I, quite quite embarrassingly, I don't know what all these taxes are, which is quite bad, actually. But, I mean, so say, I mean, take the example. Um, so say I'm on the book somewhere as a PAYE employee. I'm earning 25 grand a year. Obviously, my, my paychecks I receive in uh, uh, have the tax taken off for my national insurance. Yeah. pensions etc so say um I, I've, I've got that money coming in i have invested say over the last year i've invested five thousand um, pounds of which i would have put in the savings pop but instead i've decided to invest in it um, i didn't use my isa allowance for whatever reason um if i if i've then got this profit if i say i make 10 percent profit on it do I have to fill in the end of year self-assessment tax or do I, how, how do I go about declaring this profit to, to tax? Yeah. So you'd have to do it via your self-assessment um, and it would depend on the type of uh, sort of gain that you've made. So if we think about a dividend um, every year, there is an allowance generally for dividends. And I think it's 2000 um, pounds. So that's tax free beyond that. You'd then start paying, tax on that dividend so if it's outside so if that 500 pound or let use a better example 5000 pounds dividend let's yeah. say um and it's outside of my isa 2000 tax free and then i've got to pay 3000 i've got to pay tax on 3000 if i'm a basic rate taxpayer so your your 25000 pound earnings example would be 7.5% so 7.5% of 3 grand 
help me here, Ed, is <laughs> one one thousand five hundred. No, uh, th- no, 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 150, no, 150, 150, 150, yeah, yeah, yeah. 150, sorry, sorry, um, added too many, <laughs> added too many zeros, so that's 150 pounds of tax, so you'd have to pay on that, if it was uh, a gain made on an investment, then, um, so if the, you know, you sold, you had some shares, and then you sold them for a gain of 5,000, again, you'd have to look at um, sort of where you are as a tax rate payer, but also remember that there's a capital gains tax allowance of 12,000. So if you've got investments outside of an ISA, you'd only pay tax above that threshold. So let's say you've got a 20,000 pound gain on a, on a, on a, on a share um, sale, 12,000 would be tax free, 8,000 you have to pay. If I'm a basic rate taxpayer, that's 10%. An additional rate is 20%. So 10% of that 8,000 is 800 pounds. Now that's, you know, if we think about the sum of money, 20 grand you've made, great. 800 pounds isn't that big, but actually, do I want to pay that 800 pounds in tax? Absolutely not. So it makes sense that even when you're dealing with relatively small amounts of money, if you can shelter it in that stocks and shares ISA, it makes complete sense, complete sense to do it. And it's also worth noting that any interest earned from interest bearing investments. So let's think about a bond, maybe, or or, you know, a high a cash ISA, a high, a high amount of cash. That interest would be, you know, it would be liable to tax if it wasn't in a stocks and shares ISA. So if I've got a bond, like a corporate bond or a gilt, um, if that's in my stocks and shares ISA and it earns five percent interest a year, Five um, percent of twenty thousand is four hundred pounds. Is yes. it? Yeah, four hundred pounds. I would I would be able to keep that tax free. Whereas if it was outside in a cash account, no. I'd have to pay that. And it, it's you know you think over time, over ten years, that's four grand. Um, you know, so yeah, I think these small amounts. I think well, these examples highlight that even the small amounts make a difference. And over time, if we think about compounding, if we think about that example just then. 10 years, £400 a year, that's four grand's worth of tax that you've saved. Um, so, so, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, I mean, some of, some of the maths there need, needs brushing up on, but essentially the, the, well, figure, the, the percentage is all good. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, 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 these I mean, ice allowances are just... I, I mean, moving forward long term, I mean, just just that knowledge of whatever you've earned in there. Say you do do exceedingly well, just knowing that whatever you make is yours, you know, is just is just amazing. And obviously, recently, isn't the last five six years? I think they they made the the ISA allowance um, twenty thousand pounds for uh, in total with your um, any savings ISAs you've got as well. So um, it used to be you had a ten of each, but now you've got twenty thousand of both combined, whether you choose to do all 20,000 in a stocks and shares ISA or all 20,000 in a savings ISA. So you may also want to look at what, what other ISAs you've got. Um, always bear in mind that the um, not necessarily your your stocks and shares ISA provider might not necessarily know what you've got in your savings ISA or in any other form of ISA. So make sure you're not doubling up anywhere. Just yeah. um, do some checks and and because you might have an ISA, for instance, I, I found out I had an ISA that my parents had put it, made for me when I was younger, and I did not know it exists. It existed, you know, and um, I, I had to um, take that into account with my ISA limits. 
and I actually ended up closing that ISO account. It wasn't much money in it, but just just to so I knew what I had just um, because you don't want to be um, uh, you know, doubling up on your on your ISO allowance and then come across through that because you can get hit quite hard with penalty charges through your tax system. So I mean, in terms of filling the self assessment, though, Jack, it's quite it's quite self explanatory, is it? I mean, I say it's not something I've ever done. Is it is it quite easy or is it is it quite daunting? I th I think I, I I think it's relatively straightforward. You, you fill in the boxes, and if you've got the information there, then it things kind of carry through. I'd I'd have to double check it, but I'd like to think that I know that HMRC have been simplifying everything they do over a long period of time. So I think. I think it would be it would be a straightforward thing, and there's always advice online. There's loads of stuff in the manuals on on the government website as well to help you, and um, there's plenty of free advice out there on things like Hargreaves Lansdowne and and simple investment places like um, Nutmeg and stuff like that that just make things really simple, you know, and and people should be fine. Well, thank thank you for that, Jack. Well, um, it's, it's just cleared up in my mind a little bit about tax because because. It's a bit one of those things that you you don't really think about at first when you when you're first all growing up, and all of a sudden it hits you like a sledgehammer, and you're definitely only left with a massive tax bill through a simple mistake. So, um, and I think you said you as you said with the um, keeping the information to hand, make sure you keep accurate records of what you've been up to. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're using a uh, reputable stocks and shares. Uh, provider they will give you accurate records of what you've done in the last year so you'll be able to look back and and, and make accurate um, declarations to HMRC and make sure you don't get stung with anything that you weren't expecting yeah, uh, yeah. definitely any more to add on that Jack are you cool no 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 that's probably as, as best as I can do I mean yeah um, like I just said any any queries or questions or uncertainties just 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 go through uh, the gov website they're really really helpful things are laid out in plain english and um yeah you, you should you should get to the right the right place with it, it it's all there in black and white perfect should we do well, hold then, should we do buy hold and sell yeah we do buy hold and sell let's let's do let's do that i mean um do you want to go first this week, this week? i think i went first last week but yeah happy to <laughs> um so my buy is lloyd's bank um I think, yeah, as we start to come out of, you know, obviously the, the lockdown um, from a UK perspective, people will be, you know, taking out loans to purchase things maybe. Um, and, and yeah, I think the personal side of things as well and globally, you know, markets are hopefully going up. So I think overall, I think Lloyd's is a, in a strong position to, to move up. And I think at the price it's given now, I can't see it. I think it will hit 50p soon, which represents um, a, a solid, you know, rise from where it is. I think it's 43p at the moment, um, and they do pay a small dividend, and that's coming up soon. So I think that's a good one for a buy. Hold for me is Rolls Royce. Um, that's done. That's you know, it's sort of where it's at. Where I, when I bought it a few weeks ago, um, and I think again coming out of lockdown, I think we'll sort of move into move into that doing quite well. And for me, sell even though today it rose five percent i think just eat i think as restaurants open up um and people kind of get back to maybe not doing the takeaway so much i think that will i, th I think it's very very overvalued and i think seeing the problems that delivery have had i think that will have a knock-on effect to, to, to just eat even though they're kind of the the main player in that market um 
so f- for me, I think I think that would be a sell because I, I look at the price and I think I can't see it going any further. But yeah, yeah the, the delivery of IPO that was um, massively um, <laughs> over over egged, really. I mean, they they, they tried IPOing it. I think it was three ninety, wasn't it? Um, uh, and it, um, yeah, it's spread at three ninety to four hundred. So they yeah. yeah, and I think even I mean, they tried to undervalue it. Yeah, and then it. it tanked on the first day went down to about 240 currently it's recovered a little bit to 290 but as a as a business point of view it does not really going to make much money i mean certainly in the short term so it's not going to be uh, something that you know investors are really uh, serious investors aren't going to take a, a, a too much of a look at obviously there's a bit of the this new age investing where a lot of people are coming to investing um looking for ways of making money because obviously things like uh, interest rates have been very poor and they haven't been able to get on the housing market so some of them have obviously putting their house deposits into the, the market and there's, there's there is this so-called GameStop generation that pick out brands they they know that they yeah think are cool um i i like tesla when uh, that was very much a sort of I mean, it was almost a meme stock, almost. It wasn't quite, it's not quite that bad, but it's certainly something that was very populous um, in pop culture. And it, once it started climbing, obviously, you know, message boards and stuff start lighting up with all Tesla's climbed a lot and it, it starts going through the roof. And mm. I think, I think Deliveroo was trying to ride that wave of, you know, everyone knows Deliveroo, everyone, every millennial knows Deliveroo. It's probably, um, probably kept them going throughout the whole lockdown. Um, and you say Just Eat Takeaway have been floated for a little while. That the, the, their price is very strong, and they've, they've done they've done quite well over the last year in terms of like how they've held how held the price on the market. Um, it's been a little bit fluctuating, but it hasn't totally crashed um, since they IPO'd um, last year in 2020. Um, I mean, they did they did hit a hit high of nine, 90 quid a share. It's now about down to 70. But you know, it's considering it IPO'd at about the 70. It's it's done quite well. Um, but the delivery definitely wasn't a situation like that. It was um, it, it, they they got troubles now with the the, the drivers on strike as well. So it it, it might be a, a popular name. It might have good good strong brand, but the business behind it isn't very strong. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Go on then. Um, what 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 are your what are your three? My my buy this this week is GlaxoSmithKline. I think I, I think we have spoken about it before. The um, they they're looking at ways of diversifying their business. It's recently gone ex-divs, so it, the price has dropped a little bit because basically when a when a um a stock goes ex-div, a, a lot of people were only in it to get the dividend, so they pull out after the dividend goes, and then it, you know it hits the floor a bit. But that's a good thing if you're a long-term investor because obviously if you've put in put in some money before the ex-div, you're getting that you're getting that dividend come in. But um, you're um, then going to buy the, the dividend reinvest at a lower rate. So you're going to buy back some more shares. And we talked about this a lot last week about um, you know, how that uh, dividend reinvestment can just escalate your stocks to, to disproportionate levels to where you started. So um, I think for me, definitely GSK. And I say they were looking at diversifying their business. They, they're looking to actually split the business into a retail arm and a, um, a pharmaceutical arm. So it, hopefully it means they can you know, manage their company better on a sort of a slightly more micro scale 
And um, yeah, hopefully that gives much better results. But the dividend on it is, is a very good dividend. So my buy this week for me is GSK. Um, my hold, um, I, I'm going to say it again, National Grid. Just, I mean, get as much of that as you can and hold on to it. It's quite a low price still at the moment, but they, they, they really are looking to expand and what they do obviously is a lot more energy needed throughout the economy so just get as much national grid and hold on to it for as long as possible <laughs> um my my sell this week um is i've been thinking about this for a while there's a there's a few stocks that i i, I was sort of playing around with um at, around christmas and I, I a couple of them that i was looking at to buy and then i knew it'd be a short-term thing but they didn't didn't quite or do i wanted to so i didn't buy them but definitely now um royal mail is one to sell they go through a yearly cycle and they tend to um get the figures through from their christmas trading about now and that peaks their their share price and they tend to drop throughout the summer gets to a bottom around sort of september october time and then climbs from there again so for me if you've got any royal mail shares they're quite a good price at the moment they're they're sitting um, in, in an upper quartile percentile of where they they normally sit. I would definitely just you know sell them. I think I think they hit their peak for this year, and it's one of those cyclical stocks as I call it because they seem to fit the same pattern year in year out. So yeah, sell raw mail. Nice. No, yeah, I I agree with uh, I agree with your with your with your things, especially. Um, especially your hold, I think, yeah, National Grid is is one that, you know, it's not going to go anywhere overnight. Um, you know, they, they're a strong business. They've got a strong, you know, foundation and ethos and know where they want to get to. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, to be honest, when I got, when I first saw it, I only thought it was the UK, but like I spotted the other day, they own um, a lot of, sort of the electric grid in the northeast of America. Um which you know, yeah, it, that was a shrewd investment a few few a while ago, and yeah, I think I think it's a very sensible business to get involved with. So, yeah, they, 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 you're looking they they have New York, don't they, in places like that? So that's yeah, it's very much industrial part of the, the um well the city part of the, of, New, of America, isn't it? There's a lot of um intense um uh, population densities there and stuff. So obviously, there's a lot of demand, and it's where the growth is as well in terms of. You know, obviously where infrastructure is at its max is, is where a lot's going to be ploughed into it and there's going to be a lot of demand from their their, their customers for, for more energy. So, yeah, I, I say for me, just get as much NASA grid as you can and hold on to it for as long as you can. Yeah. A strong dividend as well coming up. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Jack, cool. thank, thank you very much for, for your talk about chat, tax this week. Um, we're just a, a thank you from us actually to our listeners because we've um we've been looking at our data coming in through the analytics analytical part of our um the bit that we record our podcasts on and there are now people listening to us from all over the world which we're quite humbled by because we didn't think yeah. anyone listened to us it's just us two and it it's chatting chatting rubbish on a wednesday night but um yeah we We've got people now from all over the yeah, world. Yeah, I think so um, I'll echo that. And yeah, I, I'd i have been happy with one person just just taking a listen. It's um, it's nothing more than just two mates really just having a chat about something that they're passionate about and they're really interested at the moment. And 
yeah seeing if you know if lessons that we've learned can end up helping helping other people um you know on, on their journeys because everyone's investment journey is different and we've all got different reasons as to why we want to do it and where we want to get to so yeah there's a lot of things that i wish i'd have known at the start and there'll, there'll still be a lot of stuff that we'll both learn but um hopefully we end up sharing that all with you all around the world as well yeah, and, uh, if you if you want to submit in your questions, if you've got to us, if there's or some topic you want us to discuss, uh, please contact us through our social media, and um, we'll we'll have some of those ideas up for next week, hopefully. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about what you guys want to talk about because uh, as well, I mean, this is what this pod's all about. It's about a just a general discussion about stocks and shares, uh, largely with the UK focus, but we're looking to we're looking to invest all around the world and we're looking to find out more about investing around the world so just if you just want to share an experience with us maybe ask a, a question or two just pop uh, find us on social media and yeah. we'll go from there perfect well cool well, cheers Ed. Week, and uh, yeah speak next week bye see you next Stock Club is an independent chat about the buying and selling of stocks and shares. Please remember that any stocks or shares mentioned to buy or sell are purely for chat basis and is not an endorsement to do either of the above. Please also remember that any investment you make is liable to go up as well as down and that you may lose all your money that you invest. Please keep investing fun and sensible And always, always make sure you do your background checks. Thank you and enjoy your Stock Club listen.